Hello and welcome to Impact Ed. I'm H.D. Chambers with A-Leaf ISD, and today I'm uh, here with three ladies that are going to introduce themselves in one second to discuss something that uh, that probably doesn't get a whole lot of, not publicity, but doesn't get a whole lot of discussion as it relates to, to the education of, of children. And that is, what do school districts, or in our case, what does A-Leaf do after school is over? And when many of our children are going home, particularly our younger children, our kindergartners through through eighth grade, you know, what are we doing for those kids uh, beyond the school day? And so I'm going to ask these three ladies to introduce themselves, and we're going to have a, a good conversation about what A-Leaf does well beyond the typical school day that, that most moms and dads are accustomed to, and all the opportunities that we offer our students and, and kind of the, the nuances of each of those opportunities. So with that, uh, Carla, if you don't mind starting, and then we'll just let each one of you ladies introduce yourself, and then we'll get started. Sure. I'm Carla Kessler. I'm Director of Federal Programs and Grants for A-Leaf School District, and one of my responsibilities is um, overseeing the after-school programs. And I'd just like to say that we're really grateful to have the opportunity to talk about after-school programs because they're very important both here in A-Leaf and across the nation. Tamika Anderson Abernathy. I am District Coordinator of uh, After-School Programs, better known as Children Interacting After after school here in um, the district, and we really do appreciate this opportunity to share um, all of the great opportunities that we provide in out-of-school time. Thanks. Hi, I'm Drayshell Edwards. I am the project director for the grant-funded after-school programs uh, under Children Interacting After School. I am so excited to be a part of the podcast, and I'm so excited that you're able to um, give us the spotlight. Drayshell made a comment when she's introducing herself about the grant side of it, and we're going to get into into some of the the logistics of that because I think it is important as we talk about after-school programs that we distinguish between those that are funded by outside sources, yes, whether it's through grants, the federal government or the state of Texas, those that we ask parents to pay for, and then those that maybe the school district either does pay for or, or can provide more resources for it. So, Tamika, I'm just going to ask you if you would, let's start defining what, what is children inter, interacting after school or after school programs. What is that? For someone who's out there listening to, to this, what, what are we talking about? Okay, so it occurs um, after school. So our after school programs here in A-Leaf is between the hours of 3 and about 6.15 to 6.30, depending on the type of program that um, the students are participating in. And we're here as a safe haven, you know, for the students because we know research shows between the hours of 3 and 6 is, you know, when our students, they could be latchkey, you know, Mm -hmm. kids or kids that go home. We're giving them or providing them the opportunity to interact in an innovative, hands-on program. Which is code to say it's not a babysitting program, Exactly, right? exactly. And I think that's, that's an, an important distinction for people to understand. We're not putting these kids out there and just babysitting them in right. a daycare environment, right? Right. So we, you know, provide those, like I said, innovative and hands-on activities for the students to participate in. And um, we have four components that we are um, based on within our after-school programs. We, with it starting with academics, enrichment, Uh, family and um, community engagement, and also college and workforce readiness for our students. Trisha, maybe talk a little bit about this distinction of tuition-based versus non-tuition-based. Yes. uh, And how how does that work? And if, if I'm a parent sitting here listening to this and What's causing this to occur? I mean, is, is A-Leaf ISD 
a part of this? Is, you know, just talk about the, the dynamics of how we pay for this or how parents pay for it. Yes, I'd like to say that our uh, program here in A-Leaf Children Tracking After School, it's a twofold program. So we have a t- tuition-based side and we have a grant-based side. So when we say the um, the sites that are covered under the two, looking at the grants, grant-based site, one thing I love about A-Leaf is that we've had um, time and time again, we've gotten approved for these federal funds. Um, currently, the grants that I'm project director over is the Texas ACE grant. So that's one of the biggest grants in the country that funds after-school programming. So we're able to provide community learning centers on the schools here at A-Leaf. So for our grant-based sites, those students don't have to pay tuition. Our st- and I don't like to say that it's a free program right. because um, our students pay with their attendance. Our families pay by attending. Um, we like to say that the money follows the children. So the, every day that our children are involved in out-of-school time, that's how we're uh, creating and keeping our funding uh, for our students in A-Leaf. And I would just say that we have some amazing, creative, innovative kids in A-Leaf. So the programs that we offer through Children Interacting After School, whether it be tuition-based or uh, grant-based, I feel that the students are definitely benefiting from it. Um, when you're looking at the data, they're saying that if students are to attend in any of our programs, tuition or grant-based, 45 to 60 days, that's when they get the greatest benefit. Mm. So when we look at our tuition-based programs, we say that they average about $10 a day. That's very affordable. When you look at and you can you, you compare it to maybe daycare centers in our community, um, our tuition sometimes could be what they charge weekly, and we're only charging that monthly. Um, but our tuition or our grant-based sites, you can get the same quality program for our kids. Carla, while you're not in the day-to-day operations of the after-school program, uh, you do oversee the the grant writing and kind of the the dealing with the federal government. Mm-hmm. What what have you seen over the last I don't know in, in recent history? I mean, because there's there seems to be every year the federal government writes a budget. There's either rumor that there's a cut coming in the after-school right. program and and we're having to fight for it. Just kind of what are we seeing and 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 ultimately how does that impact us? Right. Well, you know, over the history of the 21st Century Community Learning Center grant, um, we have seen the funding go up and down. And um, depending on the administration, you know, there's uh, support for it there or there's not. So recently what we've seen are potential cuts to it. Uh, But because there is such good... Uh, evidence for the effectiveness of the program. The cuts haven't happened. Mm-hmm. You know, the Congress has said no. We're not going to do that. We're going. In fact, uh, over the during the last uh, session, they increased funding for 21st century, uh, yes. and so that's been a wonderful thing. Uh, we just have to continue to share information about after-school programs, the effectiveness of them, making sure that we provide the data um, so that uh, our legislators have an opportunity to support the program and continue the funding. You mentioned the the evidence. I think mm-hmm. most most of us who are in education, and I think any reasonable adult would agree that if you, as long as it's a meaningful program, in other words, as long as there's planning and preparation, and it's not this proverbial daycare, right, there's benefit to kids. Definitely. T- talk a little bit about the the types of programs that we that we offer in a leaf you know some of the you know in our preparation meeting yesterday you were you guys were rattling off yes. all these different I won't, I won't steal your thunder but there's several <laughs> of them that I find absolutely fascinating and more importantly our students find fascinating and there there are opportunities that these kids probably otherwise would not have to make or however you guys want to do it just talk yeah. a little bit about some of the some of these different programs that that, that we offer through after school so I want to start off by talking about the structure of our day because we, over the past eight years that I've been here in this 
position as coordinator, we've kind of revamped it a couple of times, and we believe that we found our niche and mm-hmm. and what works best for the students um, right now with our current structure of the day. So we. The students are dismissed into our program, and we start off the day with a social hour because we feel that, you know, the students have been in school all day long. They need that time to interact with each other and to socialize outside of our structured chaos that we have within the after-school program. So we start off with a um, social hour, which includes a super snack. And our super snacks are basically like a meal for our students um, where they would receive, you know, like a chicken burger and a side and milk or juice to go along with that within the program. And then they, again, have that time to interact, play games that they might not get to play um, at home. Um, It's unbelievable to me how many students do not know how to play board games. Mm-hmm. Um, so we pull out those types of things during during that time. And then we'll go into a homework hour or assistance where we have certified teachers that assist our students with completing their homework. We have within the academic time as well, this is one of our big productions, I would say, for the for the year. And after school is our market day. It's an entrepreneurship curriculum mm-hmm. where the students have the opportunity to gain knowledge in becoming business people mm-hmm. um, within the world. So we again, like I said, we have the annual market day it will be held in April this year and at that end, they are able to produce and sell products that they have created within this program. And if I could add to that, Tamika, um, I'm glad you mentioned our market day. To me, that's like our Super Bowl uh, Mm -hmm. for after school program. So the kids really look forward to that. They have that curriculum all year long. Um, But when it focuses on the entrepreneurship, I like to uh, highlight our specialty vendors. So these are the people that we, although we hire a majority A-Leaf staff, they stay after school and give their time. Um, We love to, to partner with vendors in the Houston area. And Houston has some of the, uh, the most diverse vendors for after-school programming. Um, these are people who have worked in the school system but decided to say, hey, I'm really into fencing. I want to teach kids how to fence. And so they go through every uh, through various districts throughout the city and they teach t- uh, students their specialty. So within A-Leaf, we've done things such as fencing, where the kids get in full fencing costumes. They have so the... Be clear, we're not building a fence. No, we're talking about <laughs> fencing if you watch those uh, medieval movies. Yeah, and things with like that. And the whole yes, yeah, and our yeah. kids. Um, I can't. I've never put on a fencing costume as I. a kid. And I. I think about I, when I'm, you know, planning programs and thinking about vendors to bring in. I think about what I would have wanted as a kid, or I talk to my own children. What what would make your day? Right. Because that's what we're all about at uh, in CIA, making these kids' day. And so when you see the smiles on their faces when they do fencing, at first they're kind of reluctant because they're like, okay, can we even touch this ward? But right. when they're able to actually get engaged into those things, these are life-changing events that our kids get to have um, access to. We also have golf. That's one of our big ones. Um, we, know that we're de- we know the population that we're dealing with when we're talking about urban um, black and brown children. Right. They don't get exposed to to things such as fencing, such as golf, right. but through after-school programming, they get that exposure. And now we understand that most business deals are made on the golf course. So we have boys and girls who are learning that skill through after-school programming. Um, we also, I love the music production. So we talked yesterday, uh, Mr. Chambers, about how our kids are now, YouTube is a career choice, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that they want to be a YouTuber. <laughs> um, so... 
we and I'm actually trying to write a curriculum to uh, for YouTube and podcast production and um, yep. video and blogging production. I'm a blogger myself. The kids really love that type of stuff, and that's what they're exposed to now. So what we try to do is try to see the trends that the kids are into out maybe at home or you know on the weekends and bring that into after school programming. Tamika did mention that um, through the hours of three to six, that's where a lot of well studies have shown that's where they can get into risky behaviors. So that um, during that time, since our centers are open, we want to provide those opportunities for them to explore those things that they may be able to do at home, but we can do it more structured and in a safe place for them. Um, one of the other vendors that we have is uh, we didn't mention yesterday, but our we've done DJing before. We have kids mm-hmm. that are into music. Mm-hmm. Beat production. They're right. pro- producing their own music, so now they can just write their. They can write their raps, see the production behind it, and the vendor that provides that service. He's actually a real music producer, so they're getting that real life interaction with professionals that they may not have access to. Um, one of the other ones is cosmetology. We know that our girls are into one of the big YouTubers are that their makeup and hairstylists, yep, yep. and so our kids and we're thinking on that entrepreneur track as well. They're learning to braid hair. They're learning how to um, the different skills involved in cosmetology for the cultures that they represent. We understand that we serve a diverse group of students, and we want our students to learn what what's going to be the gateway to pull myself out of poverty? Right. What's going to be the gateway for me to break that poverty pop, uh, pipeline? And that's why we know it's so important that we focus on entrepreneurs or any skill that they're teaching, that we're teaching them. We're also giving them the skills to say, hey, how can I make this a business to make money for my family? And not just in the long run. We're talking about right now. We were talking, uh, when I spoke with a couple of the girls who are involved in our cosmetology program, one girl was so excited. She's like, miss, the quicker I can learn to braid hair, the quicker I can start making money. So she knows once she learns how to get those cornrows down, she can start <laughs> charging people, you know, on the side. Kitchen beauticians. Hey, I, right. I told her I won't report it. But <laughs> um, let's give these kids an opportunity to be able to highlight through our performing arts. They love the theater production. One of our vendors, she's been with us for years. Um, she's actually one of our partners uh, as uh, Shamesley Save Productions, I believe. She's the one that's um, one of our vendors that provides our, uh, our theater production and things of that nature, teaching these kids the skills that their parents may not be able to afford. I think about my own childhood. My parents didn't, they couldn't afford all four of us to get involved in right. something that costs over $100 a month. So our kids are getting access to that for free or for a very low cost through our tuition base. It's, it's, I'm sitting there listening to you talk. It's, it's almost like summer camp extended Yes. You no, know, yes. for for seven or eight months. I yeah. mean, it's a oh yeah, long, a long. T- we have fun year round. Yeah, fun year <laughs> yeah. round. Well, you, you made a comment earlier. From three to six p.m. It's t- typically when kids can actually be risky. Yes, they, they can, can take get, they can mm-hmm. take chances. I mean, yes. Talk about that just a little bit because I completely agree with you. I mean, our, our oh, school yes. days are so structured mm-hmm. and for good reason or for for not good reason, but nevertheless, right. they're, they're structured. I know where you stand, Mr. Chambers, I, on those steps. But you're right. I mean, and we have to be honest with ourselves. Our kids do experience stress. And those stressors, they look for an outlet. And if the parents, we have, we live in a society where parents are at work. But we also live in a society where I like to say our kids have freedom of choice. Parents are actually asking kids now, do you want to go to after school programming or do you want to come home by yourself? So they have the choice. So we have to provide that safe haven. And I 
I encourage our coordinators, hey, we have to make these kids day and build those relationships so our kids want to come. Mm -hmm. And I tell them all the time, really, we could really be teaching rolling marbles. If those kids love the instructor, they're going to come. And our programs are based on the relationships that are built uh, between our students and our staff. And speaking of, you know, relationships, and and that's one, you know, big thing meaningful relationships here, you know, in A-Leaf. So we definitely, you know, encourage it and stress it in our our programs. We work on building those relationships through, you know, social emotional learning. And with SEL, we work uh, with restorative practices. So we actually um, give our students that outlet to mm-hmm. and be to be open with us right. and to and to talk with us. So we have circles or you know community time with with our students where they have different topics and they have really felt open with mm-hmm. with the majority of our site coordinators or leaders who are on our campuses to open up about their day. Where some at some campuses and I'll take for for example Albright, the site coordinator that's over there, she says that. There was one day and sometimes out of the day, we only say that it should be about 20, 30 minutes within the program. The students wanted to actually do it for an entire hour. They didn't want to stop the conversation. We want to provide that, you know, outlet for students to feel comfortable with us and to talk about their their what what is stressing them out and to help give them skill sets to be able to handle those situations or know how to handle them when they arrive. I think it's really important, whoever is listening to this, if you're an educator, you kind of get what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. If you're a parent, you probably get what we're talking about. Now, you may not be aware of it. We'll talk about, you know, if you're not aware of this, we'll talk about how do you get in touch with someone. As I've thought about our conversation yesterday in preparation for this, Mm -hmm. one of the things that has struck me is that there's probably a segment of the population, and let's just be honest, there's, there's probably taxpayers who, who may in the back of their mind question, why are we spending so much taxpayer dollars mm-hmm. on babysitting these kids? The reason I bring that up is going to go back. This is not babysitting. And the okay. issue you just brought up, Tamika, the issue you just brought up, you know, all of the, the, the fencing and the golf and all of that is absolutely paramount and critical. Mm-hmm. But I think before we ever get to students even being able to enjoy that on a conscious level, it's this whole conversation about Many of them don't get a chance to talk during the school That's day. That's right. Mm-hmm. Or even at home, at Mr. Home. Chambers. Mm-hmm. At home. And they want to talk. Yes. And and, and it's, not, it's not the school's fault. It's no one's, there's no one to blame in this. It's just right. the way the school day is structured and what's expected. There's very few opportunities. That's right. So this idea that you're talking about where, and I know these words are foreign to a lot of mm-hmm. non-educators, but like circles, that's literally sitting in a circle talking. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and it's not right. It's not that complicated. And what's complicated is leading those discussions. That's right. And if you're out there listening to this and you've raised a kid, uh, raised a child who's now a young adult, you know, you should know exactly what we're talking about. They need to have an opportunity to talk. Absolutely. And if this three-hour period does nothing but that for some kids, it is well worth it. Yeah. Would, would y'all agree with? 
Oh, yeah. With the importance of the whole social, emotional. Some of those kids are looking forward to who cares about how they're doing that day. We make that a part of um, part of our infrastructure for CIA, asking those kids, how are you today? They have a mood meter check in where they're, how are you Mm -hmm. feeling? Mm -hmm. And you'd be, I remember in the classroom, I had so many mandates. I'm worried about my results and my data wall, my word wall. I don't think I ask every kid every single day, how are you feeling? But in after school program, as you're coming in the door, sweetie, what's your mood? And we, we then we ask them to check out. Has your mood changed? So we love when they say, "Well, I'm not. Just, I'm really not having a good day." But maybe after after school program, programming, or after someone has pulled them to the side and they chat with whoever their coordinator is and their staff, their mood has increased. And that's one of our selling point, even on the tuition based side, because we know that A Leaf is diverse. There are some children, or some families that say, "Hey, my kids have a safe place at home. So what can after school program do for me?" Right. Well, will you think about things such as social skills, making friends, the anti bully zone that we have, and of course across all of our campuses. Campuses, um, that's a selling point. Mm-hmm. And I talk to parents all the time and I'm telling them, hey, this is a place where your kids can learn to make friends. And as a parent myself, that's an important part, too. Yes, I want my children to excel, but I want them to be social. I want them to learn to be leaders. I want them to make friends. And after school programming provides that space, that social snack hour. I was so happy when we brought that in. We don't have a silent snack. We have the, the kids are able to talk mm-hmm. across grade levels, get mm-hmm. to meet friends from different backgrounds. All of that stuff matters in creating the whole child. And that's what we care about. As I mean, I know in the classroom we care about creating, uh, caring for the whole child, but through after-school programming, we're really able to get those areas that we're not able to touch on in the classroom. And, you know, not only that, you know, when we were talking about, you know, vendors, and, yeah. I, and I think this goes, you know, definitely into that social-emotional learning, you know, aspect of everything. We, you know, have a vendor that works with our students on etiquette. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they definitely, they learn about, you know, setting a table. Yeah. So yes. not only we were teaching our, our students skills that they can go home and use, and we invite the families in and, and teach them, you know, as well. You know, this is how you set a table. This is how you interact when you have company, mm-hmm. you know, at the table. And tie um, the tie. Right. How the to tie. love that component. Yes, how to tie the tie. Mm-hmm. The girls, you know, how to walk a runway, how to properly walk, you know, and, and sit up straight and, you know, not slouch, you know. So we, we teach a lot of different components within the program that can also assist families at home. Yes. Real life stuff. And some people call it soft skills, but really in reality, when it comes to getting the job before they want to know what well, you know, you have to have the etiquette. You have yeah. to be able to talk to people. You have to be leaders. All of these things are done in out of school time. Well, I was just going to say, you know, we talked earlier about evidence yeah. and all of these qualities that we're, we're discussing in terms of the after school program, they bear out in terms of, you know, the data that is that results from these programs. Yes. We haven't talked about the fact that here in Ailey, we try to make sure that every student has an opportunity in grades K through eight to have an after school option. Mm-hmm. And so we have both the tuition based program, the grant based program, and then we also have some partnerships. And I know that you'll be doing another segment later with a program called Comet, which mm-hmm. also provides after school activities. But in addition to that, we partner um, with a group called Houston's Kids. And that is a partnership between the United Way, um, the communities and schools, uh, the YMCA, A Leaf School District, and the Children's Museum of Houston. And part of that partnership is uh, evaluation of that program by Dr. Roger Durand. He's out of the University of Houston, Clear Lake, and he's mm-hmm. been doing evaluation for years and years. And one of the things that we know is that these 
quote-unquote soft skills and mm-hmm. the academics, uh, in addition to that, result in definite uh, improvements and benefits for students. So yes. as a taxpayer, I would want to know that, yes, if my money is going to support after-school programs, what I can expect to see are better pass rates for students, yes. uh, better attendance, better discipline, um, better self-esteem. So there are all of these benefits that we know from the research uh, bear out for the efficacy of after-school programs, which is one of the reasons we're such big proponents. If you go to any, uh, I'm going to use this term real loosely, and I'm, I could be included in this, but if you go to like old timers and say, okay, what's wrong with the school system? <laughs> well, you're not teaching them the basics. Mm-hmm. You know, right, right. we've gotten away from the basics. <laughs> well, what they're saying is that's code for you're not teaching them how to behave. You're not teaching them how to, you know, how to interact with other people. You're not teaching them. Uh, all you're teaching them to do is pass a test. And I mean, all these things that it, and, and there's in the academic world, there's probably a slight amount of truth to that, that we don't spend as, as much time. But listening to you guys talk about what you're we're attempting to do after school is perhaps getting to the very thing that a lot of people feels is a part of the problem in public ed across our country right. is we so, maybe we have gotten away from teaching a kid how to tie a tie. Not that they wear them anymore. <laughs> we're, we're all old now. The, the Just because that, they don't know how to tie them. They, well, maybe that's it. Or <laughs> set a table. I still don't know how to. I still have to do the bread BD thing to figure <laughs> out which bread's mine and which drink's mine. But more importantly, if you talk to the workforce, and this goes back to your one of your core pillars, if you will, is preparing them for college or the workforce. Yes. The workforce only asks us for three things for graduates. They want them to be able to solve a problem. Don't don't quit because you get stumped. Mm-hmm. They want to be able to work with other kids, with other people, and they want to be able to communicate. Mm-hmm. And we teach all that right. in the program. Yeah. I mean, so there's there's this um, this idea that school day doesn't teach that, and there's some truth to that. There is an element of truth <laughs> to that. That's why it's so important for after school, after school programs. You mentioned all these these really cool things these kids get to do. And let's, let me back up real quick. We do have a diverse set of kids. Mm-hmm. They come from some really challenging populations. People that have listened to this podcast consistently know that. We've, we've, we've had conversations in, you know, associated with where our kids are coming from, what are they bringing with them, what right. are they not bringing with them. We know that. Y'all know it better than I do. Y'all deal with them every day. But I'm curious about when, when we start making assumptions about what our kids are capable of mm. or what our kids um, are interested in, what, what do you see when, when, we, when you offer some of these what you would not consider to be a traditional – minority urban African-American kid fencing, you know, right? <laughs> what, what, how, how do they react? How do, how do, how do kids react to I that? Would say, and I always think about the little boy at Clinsman. I shared with you yesterday yeah. uh, when we have our auto club, where we've partnered with the CTE. And that's when you mentioned the I hear the argument all the time because I'm always reading blogs. They're like, we don't we don't have skills like home ec. I'm like, if you put your kids in CTE, you'll get all <laughs> the home ec, you'll get culinary, you get all of that. But yep. that's another tangent. <laughs> We'd be surprised on as to what they know and what they know what they that they want to do. They have access to so much, and yep. I think our kids are planning earlier on on what they want to do. Um, so I shared yesterday that with our auto club, we brought the kids over, a group of them from two different campuses. They were able to kind of uh, to meet with the auto club teacher and. He showed them around, and one little boy kept asking to go to the restroom because he wanted to go see the welding part and the house being built that was next door in, our, in this building and that what, we're what in. What grade's he in? He's Clemson, so fifth or sixth grade. So it's a fifth or sixth grader right. knows what welding is. Yes. And 
And he knew and he knew enough to connect the two. He said, "Okay, if we're going over to that CTE school, (laughs) I know welding is over there because he straight up told us I auto is good, but I don't want to be a mechanic. I'm only here because I know there's welding here and I know I'll be able to look over here. So he kept coming every week just to come see welding. And it, and it, it, it brought joy to my heart to know that just exposing these kids to the in-district things that we have right. here already for our kids. And just as a CTE teacher, knowing that I know that early exposure to these programs and getting these kids thinking about careers early on will help to keep them in school. Yep. And he knows for a fact, he said, my dad's a welder, my uncle's a welder, my brother's a welder. This is what I want to do. And they told me now I can do it here at school. So he he knew what what he wanted. Now we just need to set the table for him. And so when I think about these partnerships that we're doing with CTE and other cross-curriculum things, giving our young kids that exposure, we think it's too young, but studies have shown urban children need the exposure early on because the stressors in their lives tells them to go a different way. So if we give them the, that exposure and we set the path for them or help to set their path, they'll guide us to where they want to go. It's just our job to keep them motivated and give them access to these things. You made my, the point I was hoping you'd make. I mean, there's if you build it, they will come. Yes, yes, and, yes. And, and I think if there's an underlying message to this topic, it's that we adults, educators, sometimes we uh, we don't give these kids nearly enough credit. Oh, no. For, for what they know and what they care about. That's right. Well, and I would just add real quickly that part of the CIA program is a, a component called voice and choice, yes. where the students have an opportunity to voice what they'd like to see mm-hmm. done and have their choice about uh, the curriculum that's offered. So I don't know if you want to talk a, a little yeah. bit about that, but I know that occurs every semester. Yep. Yeah. And you just took that right out of my mouth because I was going to, you know, say you know, we give the students that opportunity because, mm-hmm. you know, we know that they could be anywhere else. And how can we assist them to get where they see themselves in the future? Yes. So we do give them throughout the, the year. What would you like to see right. in your program? We tell them that this is your program. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you like to see? And they give us a list of things that they would like to see. And, you know, we talk it over and mm-hmm. see how can and we bring it to the program. Definitely. And we, we encourage our coordinators. Uh, two schools, they won't look the same because we understand that we're, we're serving different demographics. We're meeting different needs. So we do go back and look at those school needs assessments. We do do our own surveys when we're having our, we haven't even talked about our family engagement events. Right. I believe that is what really brands the CIA program. Um, when I was working as a coordinator, that's what I was like, okay, so it's an after school program and they get family engagement events for the families. And Mr. Chambers, I don't know if you've attended any of them recently. Most of them are standing room only. We right. brought in... I know there's a painting with a twist, but we got the CIA version of painting with a twist. And those families, they flood the cafeterias and we provide the canvases for them to paint with their kids. Because, again, we're providing experiences that some of our families won't be able to go to. Those painting with the twist experiences, I know when I get invited to them, I kind of dread it. I'm like, that's $50. Cupcakes and canvases. We've coined the cupcakes and canvases. So we're not painting with a twist. (laughs) We're cupcakes and canvases. Well, they have the cupcakes, but their parents are able to have those real live um, canvases where they get mm-hmm. to paint and we have instructors and we have been blessed with coordinators who are art, former art teachers so they're drawing out those stencils for the kids and they have a product to take home. Those families are looking forward to that. Um, so we're happy to be able to bring that back this year and give them, giving families that family time. Again, I think we take for granted that the stressors that our families may have economically, they may not be able to go across town and to go uh, participate in Houston's Restaurant Week but they are able to come into the 
cafeteria that day and get a quality family engagement time. Right. We spend our funds, and that's what the funds are for. They're community learning centers. So we're spending the funds in a way to provide our families with quality time. And our parents really look forward to coming to it. I, I really love to see the events that our coordinators are so create, creative and family game night and the different things that the families are able to do. Talk about some of the like the field trips where you – or a family filter. Well, your family, yeah, because you made a comment. I think we we all internally know this, but again, people that aren't familiar with urban environments or urban yes. settings may not realize that we have a lot of students and a lot of adults that mm-hmm. don't ever leave the geographic boundary of A-Leaf ISD. Mr. Chambers, that was made known to me early on as an educator, just studying urban children. But when I see it, Hands on. It was a field trip this summer where we um, it was really we only had uh, we had room for the kids to go. And it was a family. We went to Prairie View, actually, to go visit the campus. And uh, I saw a couple come in two hours later and I was like, OK, hi. And she's like, hi, I'm so and so's parent. She's like, I just had to go. I, I've never been to a college campus. I didn't know yeah. how to even get on a college campus. So these experiences that we're yeah. providing for these families, we take for granted. We've had um, the the rodeo field trip day. We've done the museums. We've done plenty of field trips. But the, I think the the point is that we, we make them family friendly. We let the siblings go and the kids are all able to do things outside of their zip code. We understand right. that there are some families and students who do not get the opportunity to travel outside of A-Leaf. I'm sure they mean to. And I remember being in the classroom. I was teaching high school. Some of them had never been to a mall way across town. So for them, it's an adventure to see that skyline. When we did the Microsoft, you remember that, Tamika, the Microsoft Mm -hmm. partnership? Those kids at Outley, we would go every day, every every week for uh, about six weeks to the Galleria Mall. And every time they were just, they were so amazed to Mm -hmm. me. I'm like, okay, this is just the Galleria. (laughs) But for the kids, they were like, miss, did you see that? Or just walking from the bus and passing. Passing by the Shake Shack and, you know, oh, yeah. seeing the different, the, the rolling ring. Though, and going into Microsoft by itself was an experience. <laughs> um, but our kids, the, the little things, that's what counts. And we're able to do those things through CIA. Yeah, and just even the bus ride. You know, mm-hmm. we, you know, Carla brings it up, you know, often, you know, regarding one of our field trips to the soccer stadium, BBVA, oh, yeah. yeah. where the student was amazed by the skyline, you know, downtown. Oh, that's downtown. I've never seen it up close and personal. Wow. You know, so just, just experiences of just riding on a school bus, you mm-hmm. know, through the city. Yeah. If we just do a field trip like that, <laughs> I, I think they would they'll enjoy be it. Right. <laughs> I used to enjoy just looking at the skyscrapers. When yes. I grew up in a little small town. <laughs> it goes without saying that the value in after school is – you, you can't second guess that. You can't dispute that. Definitely. I'll, I'll tell you this, and I'll just I'll admit this, and <laughs> publicly, we need to do more in our school district. I mean, even with everything you just talked about, mm-hmm. all of the different activities, all the different exposures to these kids, there's a lot more we need to do. Oh yeah. And there's a lot more we can do. Mm-hmm. I hate to sit here and be at the mercy of the federal government, mm-hmm. and it doesn't matter what administration. They're all they all have their their issues and mm-hmm. and this is usually something they play it's like a little political football yeah you know we're going to play games with this the funding for this as we get ready to wrap up I, I'm, I'm curious as a if i'm a parent listening to this and i either i don't know about it or i don't know how, how to how to access it uh, in a leaf could you talk just a little bit about how to you know where would you go who would you talk to if, if i'm an elementary age kid or an intermediate school or a middle school kid is absolutely there a, 
So we are children interacting after school. We can um, be found found on the World Wide Web, <laughs> www.aleafisd.net backslash CIA. Um, our telephone number is 281-988-3111. And anyone uh, in that office who answers the phone will be able to assist you with any of our programs. I know Houston's kids the YMCA, A-Leaf uh, YMCA will be able to assist on the Houston's kids side. Mm. But if you call our office, we would direct right. you into yes. the, you know, the, the right direction as well. And I'd just like to share our campuses that are currently have funding. So these are the, I yeah. like to talk about the free stuff. These yeah. are our free programs that our students are able to attend. So we're at Chambers Elementary, Chancer Elementary, Horn Elementary, Clinton Intermediate, Owens Intermediate, Hollip Middle School, Ollie Middle School, and Albright Middle School. Okay. So if you call the number that Tamika just gave or you can uh, reach us on the website, you can also, uh, from the website, you can register there. If you're at any of those campuses, we would love to have you there. The list is filling up. You know, one of our, I think Albright is almost at a waiting list. But we are accepting children. We want your children there. We want them there every single day. And just know that those are not all of the campuses. Mm. All our right. campuses can be located on the website, and it's between, you know, tuition-based and grant-based uh, programs as well. I think it's important as you as we continue to distinguish between tuition versus grant-based. We want parents to understand that if we end up having to move programs to a tuition-based, uh, it's not ALEAF making that decision. It's the, right. it's the federal government making that decision. Yes. But I'll go back to what I said earlier. There, There is room for us as a school district to probably do more right. for in terms of, of offering a variety of programs at, at, at all our schools and all our campuses. I'm, I'm curious, and y'all may not know this off the top of your head, I mean, how many kids typically experience an after-school program in a, in, a, in a given year? I mean, are we talking thousands and thousands, millions? Well, so <laughs> we're, we're, we're talking about 3,000 okay. to 4,000 total um, okay. within um, a leaf under the CIA umbrella. Right. We, you know, also have Houston's kids that um, average, you know, in between 100 plus per campuses that they serve at mm-hmm. um, as well. So I would say like well over a thousand kids with all of the after school programs that we have offering in a leaf. So to put it in perspective, we have 46,000 students in our district mm-hmm. carve out the high school age kids that wouldn't qualify for this. So we're, we're going to have three or 4,000 kids out of approximately 30,000 to 35,000 who could actually benefit. Right. So we have some work to do. But the point is, is, the yes. point is, is we've got some work to do to, to make sure all of them have a, an opportunity. Well, and we have been trying really hard to get the word out. So we have uh, rebranded the program, worked with the school yes. district uh, marketing department to um, get uh, text messages out and phone calls out. Yes. And so we appreciate the opportunity today to get the word out because we know that there are kids whose parents probably just don't know about the exactly. program, right. but would enroll if they knew. And so we're delighted to have the opportunity. And, you know, you touched earlier on um, the grant-based version versus the tuition-based, and where I, I know that sometimes parents have confusion about that. Why is that school-free and this one's not? Right. And I completely get that. And and you mentioned the fact that it's a federal decision, and it, and it really is, because 
we apply as a school district for federal funding every time it's available. Um, the current grant that we have is $1.5 million, so it's nothing to sneeze at, but uh, it doesn't cover every school. We wish it did. Right. Uh, if we had our way, the federal government would provide free after-school services for every student. But those grants are for a limited period of time. They're for about five years. Initially, they started out as five years, and then the funding got a little tight, so they went to three years. And sometimes when funding's available, they're back to five years. But when those grants expire, you can't have a grant at the same campus. Right. So mm-hmm. then you have to start looking at other opportunities. So that's why we try to partner with Comet and with Houston's Kids. And our backup plan is always a tuition-based program. Right. But uh, I just want the general public to know that we will always apply for federal funding to make this program free for as many kids as we can. Uh, and that's just something we'll continue to do. I hear Cycle 11 is coming up next year. Yay. So that's awesome. <laughs> Cycle 11, that's federal talk for you guys that don't, <laughs> <laughs> don't understand what that is. Well, before we wrap this up, Tamika, Carla, is there anything else that you want listeners to know about? The evidence is indisputable about the value of it. Yeah. And um, I guess I guess my desire, as a superintendent, my desire, I just want every kid in this district to have opportunities, period. Can't guarantee they're going to take advantage of every opportunity, right? right? Uh, no more than we do is in our own personal lives. But the the opportunities that y'all are offering um, are as meaningful and in some cases more meaningful than pe- perhaps what happens during the school day. And I think families need to realize that and, oh, yeah. and be aware of that. Uh, it's that important. Is that valuable. And, you know, for, you know, families that are not in A-LEAF, you know, we would love for you to be here. But if you're not in A-LEAF, I charge, you know, each family to find and what their schools offer, what right. their districts offer, you know, within um, the systems to see, to get their kids interacting mm-hmm. with, you know, the district and other students and, you know, out of school time, just period. Yes. Um, so just look for those opportunities within their areas. It's a good point. And if you don't find it, you can come to A-LEAF. <laughs> good choice. Good choice. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, ladies, again. This is this has been, I mean, it's been very helpful, and I'm sure the the listeners are going to appreciate it. Um, again, thank you. This thank is you. Uh, this has thank been Impact Ed. Us. Absolutely, this has been Impact Ed. Uh, I'm H D Chambers, and have a great rest of your day. This has been an A M P production.